is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, just fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. This is host Brandon, Joe, my host Nick, and Dan. The gang is back together. Haven't done this a lot this summer, but tis the season to take some breaks. We have done a good job of balancing that act. Um, I'm proud of us. Way to go, Nick. Way to almost take a whole weekend off at one time. We we almost <laughs> did it. Yeah. No, I've I've uh, I've been I've been working hard on the summer tour, as you guys know. And uh, really, I haven't heard yeah. anything about it. Not one thing. Nope. Not one guilt trip. Okay. Really interesting. But uh, but yeah, I I, I think we're uh, we're nearly there. We're nearly ready for for what will be a fun and exciting couple of weeks uh, starting uh, as you're listening to this podcast. Basically, we're. Heading down to uh, to Raleigh, where at least at least two of us are. Um, <clears throat> not to point fingers at anyone on this call who who won't be in the uh, Raleigh Durham area for the uh, foreseeable future, but uh, but at least Dan and I will be there. You know, assuming that Dan's flight doesn't get delayed. Um, so we'll see. Don't pull another Portugal on me. I don't want to be doing a one man goddamn show. I, I would be interested to see what the one man version of the podcast would be with Nick Verlaney. Very interesting. Sweaty. It'd be tough, man. You'd be up be, there all on it, your own. It may be the best. It may be the best we've ever done. Might be the best you know? worst time you have. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a whole lot of fun to to prep for. Um, it's just you with your thoughts and maybe Naz popping in. So, you know, lots going on. But uh, but yeah, we we did get sneak a little vacation in, which was which was good. And now we're about to go have some more fun. Yeah, back with the uh, Monday update, right? Just uh, what we've been rocking all summer, a lot has been going on. So we'll continue to give you updates, rolling updates from week to week about what's happening. Obviously, you want to focus on the Moises Casado deal, which seems to be really heating up at this point. And obviously, some preseason predictions just to, you know, set ourselves up for success. This season can't not wait. Uh, and obviously, we just talked about the U.S. Summer Tour, so more into it. Before we do, Dan... Uh, it's a great time to ask our family and friends, those who love us, if they want to hang out even more. Well, look, you know, we always like to say thanks at the top of the show. And just uh, all of those people are supporting us already on patreon.com forward slash London Blue Pod. But it's a great way to support the show. However, if you don't feel like separating yourself from a couple of dollars, you can do things for free that also help the podcast. Uh, you can give us five star views on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or both. That's also a good thing to do. And you know what? You can follow us or subscribe on YouTube as well. We are closing that gap. We had set a target of 25,000 subscribers by the time we started the summer tour. And we are at 24,000, just over 600 at the moment. So like less than 2% of you who are listening to this, all you have to do is just hit subscribe on Monday when you're listening. Go to the YouTube app, find London Blue Pod. Hit subscribe, and we're there. We're done. It'd be great. We'd love to celebrate with, uh, that with everybody Tuesday in Raleigh. Let's make it happen. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, there's going to be a lot going on. Really excited to see uh, how that all unfolds, especially with all these new signings that are going on, right? We're going to have a little bit of a an update on who might be there, some fresh faces and everything like that. Pulisic. Nick, officially official. I know not that you were the only one on this pod that really enjoyed him, but obviously you are much closer to the U.S. men's national team than the rest of us. Uh, he went to AC Milan, and we think it's probably best for both sides to just move on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think, you know, it's the, it's the right fit for him from a league standpoint. I think he will have a lot of success there. I think there will be people who look at the way he's playing in Serie A and, and wonder – why or how that didn't happen more consistently for Chelsea. And part of that will be his own personal play, right? And part of that will be that the Premier League is just the most physical league in the world, and I don't think his body was necessarily able to, to withstand that over the course of a season, right? So I think from a fit standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. You know, I don't, I don't harbor the ill will for Christian like many of our, our Twitter followers do, and that was, you know, I think... Uh, I think because he came to Chelsea, a lot of his poor play was was echoed through our channels as Americans a lot more than maybe some others. But uh, I do think that he had some success at Chelsea. I you know I put put that tweet out on on Thursday or Friday whenever he he was officially unveiled that it always felt like a case of close but not quite 
with him. You know, there were brilliant flashes. There were lots of injuries. There were complete and utter misses, right? And the FA Cup final that we went to, he had a chance early to to score a goal that now we know would have won us the game and won us the trophy. So, um, yeah, it just didn't didn't quite work out. I remember the excitement when Dan and I were uh, were recording that video outside of the bridge and and. You know, the, 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 just the joy that we felt, I personally never thought I'd see an American play for Chelsea. Um, you know, and, and I got to see that and, you know, he was a big part of that champions league run that we had, um, you know, in assisting and scoring in the, in the semifinals. So, um, yeah, I mean, wish him the best. I think it was the right move for all. And I think, you know, it gets us closer and closer to a squad that we know is going to be pretty complete here in a couple of weeks. And, now we can complain to Pioli and AC Milan if Christian Pulisic isn't playing or isn't performing. So you know what? All Thank of God. that has moved off of this show. It's like a weight lifted off the shoulders. It's an opportunity to move forward. And yeah. in general, you just want him to play. Again, this is the U.S. individual of the U.S. view of it. But we want him to play ahead of the World Cup here. We want him to get consistent football. Copa America. Copa America. Coming up, too. So, ultimately, like, this is a very positive thing for him. And then also clears the way for Matueke, for Mikhailo Mudrik, other individuals who, again, do have those longer contracts at Chelsea. So, ultimately, the club benefits in terms of moving Christian to a place where he is going to potentially be successful. They get money back in terms of uh, kind of an on-book value for the sale because of how much was left on the deal. And Christian gets to, you know, and U.S. supporters get to win because they'll, uh, you know, get to move off their ire from Chelsea being the problem to AC Milan being the problem. American hooligans and and all these other accounts who consistently slate Chelsea, eat your heart out, go to the AC Milan accounts, have some fun, and, uh, and we'll just be over here tweeting about Chelsea. Yeah, I still remember him uh, knocking in that perfect hat trick against Burnley. Uh, there definitely were some some highs involved. Uh, lockdown Pulisic, as everybody remembers. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean he was on fire. I mean it's, it's hard. It was three fucking years ago already. I mean like that's how fast time has moved. Man it's, City it's, breakaway goal. Yeah, Real Madrid. I mean he he that lockdown Pulisic small era that we had helped us get into the Champions League. Right. Which helped us win the Champions League the following year. And so, you know, again, there's there's a lot of negative. There's a lot of people who didn't like him and all this sort of stuff. I, you know, I think just as everything, it's somewhere in the middle. Right. And and it wasn't all good. It wasn't all bad. But, um, you know, uh, good for him. And, and now we get to move on and, and, you know, focus on some other players. All right. Well, uh, the ones that are still rumored, uh, bombing to Marseille, apparently that is starting to actually maybe have some momentum. It sounds like Sadi's not going to work. Uh, Hudson Odoi to Fulham, assuming William goes to Nottingham Forest. I guess that's a one in one out situation there. And Ziyech is still kind of in limbo as well. I'll start there before obviously Lukaku's the big one. Um, Fulham, or the first bid for Callum was rejected by Fulham. It looks like Dan, uh, we've seen this pathway a lot of times from Chelsea to Fulham. It's close. It's nearby. Don't really have to change your lifestyle. Sure. Um, there's a lot of familiarity with that. Obviously Ruben Loftus-Cheek has gone to, to loan there and things like that. So, um, I mean, for Callum, Premier League football is probably the goal after a not great season in the Bundesliga. Yeah, not a great loan spell. Really fell out of favor there and didn't find, I think, exactly what it was hoping for. This gives him an opportunity to try and reboot, remove from the the time kind of being around uh, Chelsea. And you know, I think the other thing to kind of keep in mind is, like, Callum is, is still a, a very young player. Like, he's 20, 22 years old. Like he is, or you know, twenty three probably uh, in the very near future. So he's got a ton of opportunity to still find himself. And if Chelsea again, this this whole exodus of players has been clearing a lot of past history and a lot of past mistakes. Maybe Calum Hudson Odoi didn't need a massive contract when Bayern Munich were coming after him, but that's what the previous regime decided to do, and that's probably not a contract that the existing club ownership or ownership structure wants or technical no. directors, sporting directors wants. So ultimately, this just continues to reboot, move in the right direction, uh, and you're also going to have you know youngsters moving up to the the squad, most likely staying with the first team this year, someone like Lewis Hall. So I mean, you, you are going to still be bringing up 
individuals who've kind of gone through the academy pathway as you continue to reinforce in other areas. So to me, this just makes a lot of sense. I would hope that it gets done because ultimately it just creates more of an avenue. And all the reporting suggests that he's not coming on the, the you know, he's not coming on the U.S. tour. So there's a view in that opinion then that the deal would get done soon so that he could then join up with whatever the squad is, get all the medicals done, and advance to the team that he needs to be with for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I always thought that, like, Fulham or Palace would make a lot of sense just with their squad constructions and, like, the sorts of things that we know when healthy he can bring to the field. Like, you know, he's had some really dynamic patches for Chelsea, but it's just been patches due to health and and physical limitations, stuff like that. So, yeah, I agree with you. I I think this makes a ton of sense. I hope it gets done. And I think he's one of these that I don't I don't know if I'll ever feel the same way that like I I feel about him like I do like Ruben, who really gutted it out and went through a bunch of different changes and and eventually got, you know, I think a move that he's going to be fucking great in, which is a a move to Milan. But I'll always kind of, uh, I think, have a a warm spot for for Hudson Adoy. Just unfortunate set of circumstances and you know that he has a box of talent that he can uh, pull from if he's healthy brandon there's no doubt about it um you know he did have that tough summer where they had the big standoff if he's gonna stare go ended up signing the extension got a big pay raise and then it didn't really go anywhere so chelsea Invested in him, hoped. Uh, I was kind of looking at his stats in FBRF again. If he can't figure out the attack, like the goal scoring assist uh, side of it, he's going to become a fullback because he's really good on the ball. He's really good at progressing. Maybe if he's in a little bit more of a limited team like a Fulham or a Palace, obviously in this case Fulham, um, he won't need to do the finishing. He just needs to get it up the pitch and work on it in transition and be really effective for them. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see where they go, but yeah, I mean, he's still 22, right? Like he's got a lot ahead of him and I think that there's a Premier League player in there. He just needs to go find it and best of luck to him. There's no, there's no ill will here. Um, the abominating to Marseille, I don't think there's a whole lot to say on that one other than like, Hey, we're open to offers. Like, let us know if you're interested, ping me. We're, we're, we're looking to deal. I did. I did like what Matt said about him, though. That you know, like he's not he's not pulling a Lukaku, mm-hmm. right? He's not throwing a fit. There and and there have been times in his career where I think his reputation was that, and and it's this is not the case. And I, I appreciated that clarification from Matt. Uh, again, this is the uh, the more that I've thought about Aubameyang, Dan, the worse I feel for him. Um, and not because I think he's a superstar player, but I think he just had the like the rawest deal. He came to play for a manager who really wanted him, played 40 minutes for him. The guy got fired, went through three more manager changes, and never really found his form. And look, he has some culpability in that, right? Performance and all that sort of stuff. There were some really lackluster runouts that he had toward the end of the season. But if you look at it compared to the rest of everybody, I don't think it's any different than that. And I hope that he goes to a place that really wants him. The two key points were that Marseille apparently was offering a one plus one deal. So one year with an option versus a two year. And that Aubameyang was potentially going to make some concessions, re his wages or his wage structure in order to push. He's going to have to. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just the nature of it. Um, and I, I think it's interesting because I, I did check Urban Dictionary, just as you were saying, he was not Lukakuing it. Technically, the Urban Dictionary definition is to lose something under, under your control or mishandle it due to the lack of ability and or concentration. <laughs> it, it is not absolutely utter self-sabotage to the point of pissing off every single fan base of every team that you are either linked with or actually under contract with. So there might need to be an update on Urban Dictionary for Lukaku, and I'm not going to do it, but I imagine after this podcast, maybe someone will. Well, we'll have to see. Uh, the other one, Ziyech, I think he's just kind of in limbo again. It, we're in this weird situation, especially if you're looking for a high-rate manager. Ziyech probably doesn't want to be here either. <laughs> like, no shade thrown, just differences in styles there. Which brings us to, obviously, the big in Lukaku. Uh, what a weekend 
the guys had. Um, <laughs> not great if you're trying to keep friends at different clubs. Apparently, he's definitely not coming back to Chelsea if we have any say in it whatsoever. So then it was Chelsea and Inter going back and forth, and Juventus were kind of sniffing around. Inter aren't going to pay enough money, which I've been slagging Inter off all weekend. Act like you made it to the Champions League final. Put your big boy pants on. Like, let's do this. Then all of a sudden, Nick, Lukaku just bins off Inter. He won't answer his phone. Allegedly, Inter and Chelsea are ready to do a deal, and nobody can get a hold of Lukaku. Not his entourage. His agent can't get a hold of him. Neither club can get a hold of him. He just is not answering his phone. And... That was the first impasse of the weekend. The first. That that one, that just the inter part, there's an Entourage episode where Vince won't answer Ari's call unless Ari gets a, a job for drama. It's it's basically that. <laughs> it is. It is that. And it's just, it, it is so perfect. I mean, it's imperfect in all the ways, Dan, but it is so perfect that it's like, just when you were about to be lowballed by these motherfuckers, you start, you stop answering your phone and start doing something else completely different. It's amazing. I thought it was more like GTA, where like his wanted level was increasing. Cause like everybody's trying to find him now. It's just like, okay, come on. Like, where are you holed up in this area? Like, we need to find you because we have papers that need to be signed. As we know, DocuSign from David Barnard. This is ultimately the thing we need to get done. And to absolutely ghost everyone, it's just, it is so much a comedy now that all I can do is just laugh at it and absolutely hope for this to finally be resolved with the Juventus interest in a very near future. But boy, oh boy, what a absolutely Man. terrible transfer. It's how to lose a club in 10 days. That's what it is. <laughs> it's it's just, it's so perfect. And, and I look, I... There were Brandon talk about the second part because the second part is just as crazy as the first part. But I like the first part. I was like, you're talking to Matt last week, last Thursday or last Wednesday. And he's like, oh, surely they'll come to some sort of agreement. And it was like, uh, I guess not. <laughs> yeah. Enter bust. Right. Um, it, it did. Then Juventus entered the mix and Juve were like, well, look, if we can offload Vlavic, then we want Lukaku. But it's all going to be done by August 4th. And then all of a sudden, PSG, you're like, well, maybe we're interested in Vlavic. And you're like, okay, is there a thing here? Now, next thing you know, Lukaku's like, yeah, I want Juve. Which, again, is wild. They racially taunted him last season. Like, it, it is not a friendly agreement there. So then the Inter side get wind that he only, I put in quotations for those of you not watching, wants Juve. And then... Rock Nation's upset, and then they sack him, Dan. And now all of a sudden... But then Rock Nation is saying that, no, it's not actually correct, that he has not had his representation. You know, his representation from Rock Nation has not been rescinded. So, it again, this is a He's host. just been demoted to the junior partner. Yeah. Not, or not a partner, just to the junior associate. It's pure chaos, no trophies, and absolutely the dumbest Chelsea transfer saga, maybe of the modern era. Maybe. Maybe? the. I mean, it is the dumbest by leaps and bounds when you factor in the huge loss that Chelsea are going to take on this, on this player who claims to be a leader and claims to be a sensible, smart person. I, I don't... It is... It's shameful. I, again... The sooner he's gone, the better. And let's never think about this again. I mean, he has managed to literally piss off every single team that he's ever played for. Some person put together that like that uh, compilation graphic of all the badges he's kissed for all the different teams he's been on. And it's just like the the know, one man. comment I want to leave you with, because I went and just looked at Reddit because I, I definitely like to try to get a cross section of what different supporters are feeling because we're viewing it from a Chelsea lens. There are people viewing it from a Juve lens, maybe just a general Serie A lens. And the top comment on the Rock Nation thread about it was the Italian Stallion 64. 
who said, speak seven languages fluently, and the only thing coming out of his mouth is bullshit. He's going to have no friends left. But here's the here's the problem. If Inter officially pull out, if Juve can't get Vlaovic out, guess what? Welcome back to Cobham. He's got no other home. Uh, I mean, they're, they're going to have to figure it out. I mean, like, Sa- Saudi will then become another possibility, right? Because... He, he won't go to the States. He's not going to play for Chelsea this year. Like, what's his, what's his angle? What's the end game here? Does he just think that, like, he, he can get away with whatever he wants and that, like, his value is absolutely cratered from 2022. It was $100 million, right? And now we're down to, like, $40 million. So it's And he's done well. He's scored goals. I mean, a lot of Inter fans are mad at him uh, for the Champions League final and things like that, but... I mean, he's on massive money. It's not going to get any better. It turns out that if you are this big of a drama queen, like people will turn off. It's just, it's not worth it at some point. And I think he's found it. it it's it's the Nick Saban rule, okay? You can, or the Belichick rule, just because Dan's here. Um, you can be an asshole, but you have to be really, really, really good, Right. Like, that is how Cristiano Ronaldo's got away with it for as many years as he has, and a lot of other uh, dickheads uh, have gotten away with it for as long. Jamie Carricker is now a broadcaster. All these guys. He's not that good. So him causing this drama, like, if he was scoring 40 league goals a season, yeah, he'd have buyers. Someone would have bought him right now. He scored 13, 14 last year, something like that. Not worth the headache. Right. Like and that, and that's kind of the difficult position. Just imagine saying to Sky Italia while you're at Chelsea, I will I only want to play for Inter or whatever the fuck he said. I don't even remember. Uh, and then reiterating that numerous times while on loan and then not turning on your phone when they call. Like, imagine. Imagine that. It is absolutely wild. So I it, Best of luck to him. Hopefully it all works out and hopefully he's off of our books and gone because I think Matt's Matt's general point on that was correct, which is like, it's not, this is not a bully mistake. This is a previous administration's mistake that we just have to deal with now. 10 Serie A goals last season, eight Premier League goals the season before that. And then it entered back in 2020, 2021 when they won the league, Conte all that stuff, 24 and 23 the season before that. But he hadn't been in 20s since 16, 17 at Everton. He's only done it three times in the league in his career. Been at 20 goals. so Not worth it. 24 goals, 11 assists before we bought him. Came to Chelsea in a league. He knows eight goals, zero assists in the league. So big regression. All right, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we're jumping into who we've actually signed. That's right. Roster keeps growing while it shrinks at the same time. It's kind of interesting. We'll tell you about it. Thank you the sponsors. We'll be right back. Bird dogs make you look good. That's right. Bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restrictive cotton. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So look, I've got a pair. Dan's got a pair. Nick's got a pair. We actually love them. But not only do you get bird dogs right now, if you buy, you get a free tumbler. That's right. You get a free Yeti tumbler. All you have to do is go to birddogs.com forward slash pool, P-O-O-L. Enter the promo code P-O-O-L for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right. Well, uh, we talked about the tour, and I think we've definitely nailed that down. Uh, you know, Raleigh being stopped numero uno, going to be super excited about that. I won't be there. I apologize in advance, but there'll be plenty of good stuff with these guys there. Editor Jake Eshan, the crew, will be there, which will be exciting. So if you haven't, check out all the socials. We've got all the details there. Nick, where are we going to be? We are going to be at the My Way Tavern Damn in right. Raleigh. I'm very excited. Ryan Reynolds guaranteed to be there. So obviously, (laughs) yep. Um, Asterix, Ryan Reynolds definitely not going to be there. Um, But uh, yeah, we're really excited. We're doing it before the open training, just so everyone can have a you know a chance to get over there if that's what you want to do. But I I don't know if we're going to go to the open training ourselves. In fact, Dan's looking at me like, no, we have beers to drink, which is 
a classic damn thing to say. Always saying that. Um, and uh, yeah, we're just going to have a great time. Uh, Tiff and the RDU Blues are, are going to be in, in full force. Lots of stuff happening there. So very excited to see you guys in, in Raleigh. You know that we're going to be in Philly, 7 p.m. on the 21st, having a great time there. We're going to be in Atlanta, 6 p.m. on the 25th. And then D.C., Time could be adjusting a half hour earlier because of some unforeseen circumstances, but uh, 2.30 and or 3 on Saturday, uh, the 29th. So. Just get there early. That, that, that's that's the rule for the DC one. Just get there early. Just DC there traffic early. is completely unpredictable as well. You don't know when some presidential affiliated individual is going to be motorcading through the city. So just keep that in mind. Yep. So uh, very excited to see you guys. Uh, more updates on the socials coming your way this week. I'm going to record some videos and shit like that. And then we'll be on the ground, Dan, in two short days. Already. Dan's taking a red eye, so give him lots of Red Bull vodkas to keep him up. Just coffee. All right. Coffee. Straight coffee. Red Bull vodkas. That's what he wants. So Before we get into the rumors, let's start with some loans to the team that are potentially going to be moving around. Chester Cassidy is rumored to Leicester City, which... Confused me at first, Dan, but good old friend of the pod, Ollie Glanville, connecting dots for me. Uh, he was the U-20 World Cup Golden Boot winner. Played a little bit at Reading after having the first uh, half of the season uh, with the Dev Squad, where he's a man amongst boys. He is a unit. Leicester City, championship. Um, they probably still have a good infrastructure of a team. Obviously, have a really good uh, stadium and training ground. They're going to want to bounce right back up. So you assume that they're going to be pushing for promotion right away this season versus kind of like a mid-table or dwindling championship side like Reading were. Yeah, I would rather in most situations where if the player is going to be going to a Premier League club that is going to be fighting in, or in a relegation battle or a championship club where the player is going to be pushing for promotion, the push for promotion is going to be a better option than the scrapping against staying up for the season. So this one feels like a good loan should get minutes. The Chelsea, the connection with, you know, his former manager from the Italia side and now being at Leicester. So ultimately just, points to what could be a very good move for him, particularly after a very good summer. Well, I mean, he is a highly talented box-to-box midfielder, scored a lot of goals, uh, especially with his head last season. Hit some bombs, by the way. I remember Phil and I talking about that. Uh, He'd pull up from about 35 out and and let him unleash. So that would be a good one, I think, that I think a lot of people can get by. Uh, Again, Telegraph has that article locked. Uh, Simon Johnson, front of the pod, he tweeted out, that uh, Chelsea's talented academy duo Omari Hutchinson and Harvey Vale will not be part of preseason tour squad, which leaves for the United States tomorrow, a.k.a. today, Monday. Plan has always been for both of them to secure a loan move away for this season. So, uh, we don't know where they're going to go, Nick, but Omari Hutchinson, just a quick reminder, came from Arsenal, played one season with the Dev Squad last season, tore it up, was fantastic, but as Phil would tell you, we already knew that because he tore it up with Arsenal. Didn't get his move, we think, because of the Ziyech distraction and the Enzo Fernandez distractions that happened in January, along with the other six signings that we <laughs> had. And uh, A lot of distractions lost. in January, were there? Yes, many, many. And then Harvey Vale was on loan, did some stuff. I think it was whole city he was at. It just didn't really yeah. go back. He got injured, then he came back and finished this season with the Dev squad, doing really well. Uh, represents England at that same U20 World Cup that uh, Cassidy was. Omari Hutchinson is actually featured for the Jamaican uh, national team as well. So anyways, where they go, we don't know, but these two definitely need to be challenged above and beyond the Dev squad and whatever that new U21 league is. Yeah, for sure. I, I think... It, it's, a, it's a really fine line to walk with these loans, right? Harvey's been out a couple of times, hasn't necessarily worked out. Not his fault necessarily. I think there's been a lot of changing circumstances at these kind of lower league clubs that are out there. And so you really have to find a fit where it's a manager that plays a style that will empower these players to be their best selves, a situation where they will actually get game time and won't be stuck behind other senior players because you know of of you know if you're going to do that you might as well have them playing for the for the 23s and actually playing a lot and 
an opportunity for them to cut their teeth uh, at a higher physical level than than what the U23s are. It's a, it's a really difficult thing to navigate. I know you're going to be talking to Phil for Tuesday's episode, um, and, and so we'll get more detail there. But you know, I think the uh, Cassidy loan makes a ton of sense. Lester bleeding players all over the place, so it's almost guaranteed that he's going to play as long as he, as he you know maintains that standard. Backfill for well, James Madison. Yeah, both of these guys have to have to really play, right? And and Harvey Vale, I'm looking at in particular, it's it's kind of feels after such a bright start under Chelsea and like all all of his progress at U23s, him not really making the the tour squad last year, being sent home early, and then having that sort of up and down season, kind of feels like there needs to be something big that happens for him this year. I think Hutchinson probably has some more time. But yeah, I'm, I'm really looking at Vale, Dan, to to have a good experience this year because we all know he's a talented player. Yeah, you know, they're they're individuals that in the past might have ended up going on the tour because something wasn't close to being done ahead of it, and so I think this is maybe a good example of where Chelsea are trying to move a little bit quicker for players that we have made the decision on that we're not going to be making them or keeping them around the first team squad this season going unnecessarily to the u.s only have to go and then having to go back across the pond a week or so later or less than a week later to get a deal done so i think that's a a nice improvement because we did see that last season so i think that's you know we are going to see others though out of this group that comes that may end up depending upon if we complete some signings which we'll talk about shortly if we complete some signings, we may have that happen, though, still. There might be some people who get pushed out of the U.S. preseason tour to go jump in with a team, a loan option that's going to you know, really push them, like hopefully the ones for Hutchinson and Bailwell. That is the best way to do it. If you're serious about getting them good loans, this is what I would think would be the better option. Could they get some minutes in preseason? Yeah, but they want to be able to do medicals, maybe talk with the teams, plus what five hours being on the east coast or five hours behind is is just not going to help the situation so if you're going to do it this is the right way to do it give them time give them priority to get it done uh let's see how it uh shakes out but these omar hutchinson harvey vale talented talented wingers let's figure out what they have to offer get them minutes or with with everything vetted and sorted Speaking of good loans, though, David Datro Fafana to Union Berlin is a fantastic loan. Um, I think everyone's super excited about that. He's joining uh, Brendan Aronson, who is being loaned out from Leeds. They're going to play Champions League this year. And so it's like fucking huge, huge loan for them. Right. And so really excited for him to kind of cut his teeth at a, at a level that's uh you know, higher than the Norwegian league and maybe just a skosh under the Premier League um, so that he gets some playing time because that's going to be massive, massive, massive for him. Okay, so we've got some other rumors that they're not fully progressed. We got to see how they go. Sounds like Moises Casado, the club, are officially saying, you know what? You got one week to get it done. Um, One week, figure it out. And apparently they're even willing to pay more money to get it done in a week, which is really interesting. We'll have to see how this goes. We'll progress. But I do like the urgency. I do like the focus on the one target. We even saw Arsenal bounce around from a few different targets. Other teams have bounced around to a few different targets. If this feels like Dan Chelsea picked a target, scouted and said, this is the one. We're going to take our time and do this one right. They have been there's been no counter briefings to say, oh, well, we're looking at even Declan, right? He wasn't even in the conversation. Uh, there's other defensive midfielders that we could have talked about. We didn't. You have one week pay up. <laughs> well, I think it's the desire to get a deal done that gives Pochettino and the players enough time to get accustomed to Caicedo to get him in with some preseason opportunities to get ready for the season and we are we are not about like four weeks away from the start of the Premier League season at this point so less than a month's time till we kick a ball against Liverpool for our first game and you would want that player to come in and had some time to really bet in and know exactly how you're going to be lining up or starting to conceptualize how you're going to line up there so it feels as if this is the natural progression. I get where people think it has been slow, 
But if you're also trying to negotiate the structure of a deal, that is where the issue is. It's not that Chelsea maybe don't want to pay or maybe the valuation is is off or so broad because, again, there's a player, there's a buying club, there's a selling club, and then there are agents. And all of them influence the narrative. So the headlines change relative to those groups trying to put out their bit of news around the player and what they want to do, what the clubs are trying to do, and everybody's briefing and counter-briefing. And so that's where you get, well, we're $100 million is, or $100 million pounds is the Brighton's valuation. Then Chelsea are like, we don't want to go above 80. And so it'll be somewhere in the middle of that is where this will end up being. And it's now just down to the structure. And if Chelsea have done all of this great work to move on some players, again, this might be why someone like Callum hasn't left yet. Maybe a Again, another two million, another three million, another four million pounds potentially, and add-ons, all helps to make the difference for when you're trying to go after you know a, a eighty to a hundred million pound player. And again, you can argue whether or not Moises Caicedo is worth that amount. But in terms of like, just if you ask the question, Nick, would you like Moises Caicedo to be in the midfield at Chelsea? I think generally the answer would be yes. And it's less to me then about what the end terms end up being because that's just something the club hierarchy has to figure out. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a hell of a lot of money, right? I, I don't want to start treating hundred pounds, hundred million pound transfers like they're 40 million pound transfers. I think that that would be stupid, but it's more about time to me right now. And so if you're haggling over a few million when you're already spending that much, it's more about getting him in so that he has as much time to work with Pochettino in preseason as humanly possible so that we get and actually, you know, get to start the season well, unlike the last couple of years where it feels like we've kind of, you know, stumbled into the season. And so, yeah, I like just get it done. And if you're not going to do that deal, go get you a many from Real Madrid, like and just make that deal done. Like there's no if they if they legitimately will not sell him without. Get, you know, us giving them Levi, Levi Colwell on loan again or having some sort of like option to buy, fuck them, move on. Like, that is the end of the, the story. It'd be really interesting to see, I mean, potentially too many on loan or something like that, but uh, where they would pivot if they had to. Uh, he's 21 and change. Uh, essentially, he'll be 22 next season. We've all seen Dimitri's player radars. He speaks so highly of him. Him and Enzo... And by the way, I've been hearing a lot more positive stuff from the Twitter sphere about Enzo as well. These two in the middle, letting Enzo get a little bit more forward would be interesting. What I would say, we saw how good the team can be with Angola Conte. I'm not saying Casado's that. I'm saying if you can have someone at the bottom that is trustworthy, even with Nemanja Matic, that allows the team to get forward and do other things, that is worth a lot of money because it unlocks the other players that you've brought in. So That's why it's my favorite position on the field. That's why I pay so much attention to it because without that kind of player, as we saw last year, in any sort of consistent capacity, your whole balance is off, right? You get you get run in transition. You, you're not able to progress the ball well enough. It's it's why DM is, is my favorite uh, position to watch on the field. And, and look, I still think we're short. Even if we get him, I think we're really short in that in that area. Unless Ampadu is going to stay and and fill in, you know, occasionally for for players who can't, you know, play every couple of days. So, you know, I, I think there's still even more work to do on that front um, beyond Caicedo, but just get it fucking done. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, Jerky, uh, Dan, Sam is mixed on Jerky. Loves what he can do. Also a little bit of concern with his ability and long sprints and, and, and things like that. We, I mean, Pulisic just left. Ziyech is kind of in the balance. Do we need another winger? Sounds like he's a one-season wonder so far. Young, high potential. Where's he going to be? I, I don't. I feel like there's like some murmurs here, but nothing like crazy concrete with Ryan Cherkey. But you did the pot of Sam. He seems exciting. I listened. Well, we, we did talk to Lee Scott, and he had some opinions on him as well. There's a lot of people in, in the football sphere who find Turkey exciting, a player for Lyon at the professional level and for France in the international game. He's exciting. I think there are people who think that he is not hazard today, 
but has the very similar style of I can impact a game and make something magical happen, but then I also can fade out of the screen or out of the thought process for 15 to 20 minutes in gaps, and I'll just pop up with a couple of really, really special moments in a game. And so we did have some discussion with Lee, and I I definitely recommend going back to that episode about just there's been a movement away from players like a Hazard or a Turkey where ultimately they don't necessarily have the consistent ability to impact a side and necessarily like you have to then program around that individual. That is, I think, the big kind of question mark. But again, if you can bring him in, work with Pochettino, elevate his skill set and make him more impactful, that could be very, very interesting. And so I think, Nick, there's... This this deal hinges on do Chelsea get the right deal with Caicedo and then ultimately they can make all their considerations around any other remaining business that they want to do. But could be very exciting. I don't think we're going to be super sad if we miss him in this window. Um, but it would give Pochettino another option for a young, talented attacker to you know, be progressed, to be developed at Chelsea. Yeah, I mean... He- He's a good player. His stats don't blow you away. And yeah, I mean, he, you know, not everything is stats, by the way, but, you know, he, he would be a player that you'd have to build around. And it doesn't feel particularly like a player who would fit in the high intensity Mauricio Pochettino mold necessarily. Um, and so, you know, I was kind of thinking about that over the weekend. Everybody on Twitter's hoping and praying hands and tweeting at Todd Bowley to go get this guy. And I'm like, there's a player there. I just don't, you know, is, is he a sure thing for 40 million pounds? Not at all. I mean, the French league is very, very different than the Premier league. And he's, he still has a lot of maturing to do. I mean, he's 19. Right. And, and I don't know physically if he's ready um, for, for the, for the league or not. So I think this is one to me, Brandon, where I'm like, there are other priorities in the team. Um, and if we get him great, I hope it works out, but I'm not, I'm not fawning like some other people are personally. No, I mean, we're going to need goals. There's no doubt about it, but is the team set up with a new manager, new play style, all these things to integrate all of that at once, it might be a little bit tough. It's good to see we're we're looking at him. Um, he had, the he other- had sub, sub 10 goals and assists, though, last year. I mean, this is not like Eden Hazard coming in on 30 goals and assists, right? Like No, more the eye it's test, It's a different right? player, yeah. Yeah, and in what could be, because he's young, still young. Um, Diego Morera came from Benfica and Hanalo Gabriel from Santos, uh, both 18 years old. Uh, one's for the future. It sounds like uh, Angelo, whichever, um, is going to be going straight to the U.S. It sounds like that's for work permit reasons and things like that to make sure he can get in. Uh, Diego Morera, more to come from there. The club did a little bit of a, an exciting thing with him and some features, whatever, so more to come. Um, but again, we'll have to wait and see. The, the big one is, I'd say, Angelo, who's got uh, over 100 first-team appearances at Santos since he was like 16. So uh, really excited to see. Obviously, him and Andre Santos will link up nicely, I think. So anyways, let's take an ad break. When we get back, preseason predictions. What could go wrong? Thanks to sponsors, and we'll bear it back. All right, gentlemen, we were live in person at last summer's preseason tour. Start to finish, we hit them all. Going to peel back, not doing Chicago this season, just too much going on. We saw the Tuchel cart fall off the tracks. We saw Todd and Bedad in person. We saw, what I mean, what is objectively, Nick, a bad preseason. Nobody was happy. Everybody wanted to leave. Yeah, and Keppa was on his way out and then played the whole entire season. You're like, I, you know, what, what's going on here? It's, uh, it was, it was a very uh, weird place to be last summer. Kennedy, Bachuai, Kennedy, a split yes. camp. I mean, it was weird. So this season, different vibes, huh? Big, big different vibes. Uh, Dan wants to know what your general expectation is for preseason. Uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just start that. I'll leave it wide open. Yeah, um, I I think I think the games are not important, right? Um, the the games are are trial runs, and so I expect 
you just you're probably going to get a lot of unique formations and personnel groupings and stuff during the the games that are not necessarily going to be reflective on how Chelsea will actually play uh, during the season um, as as you get people in or you know potentially get new signings in and all that sort of stuff. But I think the most important thing is going to be how they function during the actual training sessions. And my guess, based on what Matt's reported and and, and what we know of. Pochettino's style from, you know, the scouting that Sam has done and all sorts of stuff is that you start to get a starters v. subs training group, you know, where where you start to work in those teams together. Um, and so, I, I don't know, that's exciting to me, Dan, because you know, this team needs to have, there needs to be relationships built ahead of Liverpool in a month. That's a month away. Um, and so... The more of that you get, maybe maybe you do see that during games, although I think it's just a little more loosey-goosey in, in the actual matches. But the more you get those players like Enzo and potentially Caicedo and you know, whoever's going to play center forward, Dan Kunku and all these guys, the, the better. The two things that I am most looking forward to seeing is hopefully lots of running. I think in general a just step change in the intensity that this side plays at. And again, it's preseason. Preseason is about conditioning and fitness. And the reason why there's a little bit more about structure and style of play is because we've reset on a manager. But ultimately, seeing a higher level of fitness from where we started last season or even where we were in last preseason is going to be an important thing. And then the second thing is just I want to see some forwards scoring some goals. They've brought in two new attackers. We have attackers now in their second season at Chelsea. It's going to be, or maybe a a second half season. Uh, so it's going to be the end of their first full year at Chelsea. And ultimately seeing them contribute some goals or work together and how we're going to produce goals as a team is going to be interesting to see. So, I remember back in 2016 when we had Conte for the first time, right? We came to Minneapolis, like started our first pods, and the amount of running that was going on there, that is kind of my general expectation again. Antonio Conte played, it was like wholesale changes at halftime, right? Every 45 minutes is like a new team came on. That's what I'm expecting. Poch is going to be working these guys hard. Conte was doing two-a-days uh, every single day, even you know if it, after the game, there's more conditioning on the field afterwards. That's what I think we're going to see. Tons of players. Uh, it might be a little bit awkward at times, but they're going to shoehorn guys in, mainly for fitness over, I think, playing and style and, and structure at that point. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to see positive vibes, right? Everyone's got to come in and prove themselves to this manager. Everyone's got to come in and and, and want to do well. I would also say that the structure of this preseason is infinitely better. Instead of going from L.A. to Vegas to L.A., to to Charlotte, Charlotte to or then or I'm sorry Orlando then to Charlotte back to Orlando or whatever their base camps were and everything it was a mess and I think they did way too many PR and sponsor stuff the the players didn't really get to focus on the football nearly as much they're base camped on the East Coast all the games are the East Coast this is a smarter way to do it I know it leaves two thirds of the country in a tougher position but with the the ability to fly across the country is so much easier here than other places I, I think we're in a good spot so those are a couple of things that I'm really excited for uh Dan good luck with the goals those are the hardest parts let alone in preseason but let's get some right I'm excited to see should be a fresh energy should be excitement with this team Potch is gonna bring the vibes we'll see how it goes all right, what about of our current players? Who are you most excited to see? Again, no new players because obviously everybody's going to be excited about them. So, Dan, uh, who are you going to try to hug in the tunnel? No Aspie this year. No no hugs in the tunnel, but I think the player I'm most interested to see from who was in the squad last year, I put Reese James. I think there's two interesting things that I'm looking forward to seeing. We know that he is potentially a vice-captain candidate for this season. I think there are some assumptions that Thiago Silva may, in fact, be the captain again. Again, Pochettino hasn't said all that. We're just trying to infer from what we're seeing and hearing. 
But also, he did end the season early. He, you know, he along with you know one or two others shut down early to try to get back into fitness for the start of this season because last season was done and dusted and cooked much earlier. So, I think where he's at from a a fit standpoint, because we know that this Chelsea team has been one of the best sides in the Premier League when players like Ben Chilwell and Reese James are healthy. And so if we have a very healthy and fit Reese James heading into the season, who is now even at another level because he's donning some of that additional leadership responsibility within the team due to some departures, very excited to see his persona and impact uh, both on and off the pitch during the preseason. Yeah, I, I have two. Um, I, I am. This was supposed to be one. One know, player. But... You said who of the current players, so they didn't didn't specify one. Uh, I'll I'll give you one, Matuidi. I think he just comes off of a great Euros performance for the for the twenty ones. We know that we don't have a, a ton in terms of right wingers. He could be the guy this year, and he was relatively exciting in the couple months that we get to see him at the end of the season. Can he take that next step? Right, we know he has energy for days. We know that he's had an injury record as well when he, you know, has, has played at his previous stops. Can he make that step up? Can he help assist and score and provide some balance to the team that is primarily left wingers for God knows what reasons? But um, can he do that? And if he can, awesome! Like really, really excited about that. I think he he is uh, on the short list of who is going to be Nick's new favorite player. Um, this season, it's a, a list that maybe we'll find out in preseason that, that we have an answer to. Maybe we will take the entire year to, to make a pick. I know everyone's waiting on pins and needles, um, for, for that decision. We'll have a, a, a recurring segment on here that we'll have Dan put in the scripts and, nope. and we'll see what happens. But Matawake would be my answer. Brandon. Nice. Um, Bettinelli, the man, the myth. Bettinelli. Love to see a little bets. <laughs> Amazing. Come on. Brandon Busby never hey. misses an opportunity to troll to the He max. is one of the most chill dudes. Hey, what about Salonina? You think he's going to be around? I don't know. Uh, I, so I was looking guess at the, that he is on the, on the preseason roster. I mean, why not take an American to America, right? So I was kind of looking through the roster, and there's some interesting names here You know, that might be going. Um, Bettinelli. <laughs> I... I am excited to see uh, Enzo Fernandez. Um, he's such a crucial player. I would just want to see where he's at. I want to see how he's feeling. Uh, the other one being Wes Fofana. That dude is so chill. Loves loves the game. I think he's such a fun player. But no matter what, uh, everybody wants to see Tiago Papa Silva. Uh, he's always a crowd favorite, and it's just when you see him, he's always smiling. And so you gotta love to to have his energy around, uh, which I'm excited. So excited Dan to got take mad it again. at me for for putting two down. You just named eight players, like what, three. What I'm really excited for everybody three. to get an opportunity. <laughs> I you know, love everybody, you know. I just participation I trophies fun. to everybody. I hope they all have fun, you know. What about uh, the new player you're most excited about? Uh, I'm gonna go with Malo Gusto here. Malo. Uh, like marshmallow, Marshm- marshmallow. <laughs> what? God. Wow. Wow. Never had a s'more in your life, weirdo. I no, I have, but they've been made with marshmallows, not mallows. Like, all right, whatever. Malo gusto, uh, because I am intrigued to see if he's actually a backup for Reese James. I know there's been, you know, that's the assumption, right? Is and the reason why you get rid of Aspie um, this this season is that. You assume that he's going to come in and do that. There are questions over how good is he as a defender, uh, which would be a critical role when you play in defense. And so you can't really afford passengers in defense when you are a defender. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really intrigued to see. We know we know that he can get forward and obviously has uh, some good attacking qualities in his game. But uh, Reese James is not necessarily the healthiest player that we've ever had. And so there's a really good chance that he is going to play this season. And I don't know if he's really a defender yet. So TBD. Did you see Yannick's predicted lineup? Is that why you went with this? Where he's got Reese James at CDM? Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. Nope. Sure didn't. And and okay. don't want that personally. So Yeah. Well, 
if you want to check it out, it's on Yannick's, uh, Yannick Football's Instagram page because he's off the Twitter. Um, new players, new players. I tell you what, a lot of these guys feel like new players uh, just from the end. Andre Santos, there's no doubt about it. I want to Ooh. see what he brings to the table. Nice one. Yeah, I, I, look, I Ollie did an amazing job at sending us all the highlights from the, the tournament last year where he just balled out of control. Um, I want to see Matt Laws said the club are super excited about him. I want to see what he's about. I'm really, really excited to see what Andre Santos is about. Dan, I'm also excited about what you have to see. Not another player. I know you were worried. I saw that twitch in your eye. I think getting to see Jackson and how he performs, particularly because he was a end of the season or second half of the season that's what the that's when his performances came to the level to put him on the radar of a team like Chelsea and so again we've talked about maybe this is a very early reach in terms of bringing a player upward into the Premier League into Chelsea but I'll be very interested to see I think someone like you know Nkunku has a lot more tape and we probably all watched a little bit more of him and so while I'm excited to see any new player that comes to Chelsea, I'm excited to see any Chelsea player who plays live. I think I'm, I have a lot of questions that I want to get answered and around Jackson in particular through the observation time of preseason. I want, I want one, at least one balloon in the States. I want oh, my gosh. Balloon. Yes, please. Come on. Bring, bring them with you. That'd be funny, funny. Uh, who do you project will be the Victor Moses player preseason? Isn't it? Mm, I thought it was, it was the Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley. Yeah. Boo, Dan. Victor Moses had multiple great... years of like being a preseason hero. Ross didn't get the boss nickname by yeah. not Update performing in preseason. No, no, Ross no, no. Yeah. Victor, Vic is way more important in the tapestry of Chelsea. And I, I reject the notion that you're going to hand that over to Ross Barkley. It this, doesn't feel This is the worst like thing that award. you two have ever suggested <laughs> on the podcast in this exact moment. I and I I guarantee wow. yeah. guarantee the comments it's, will agree with me. It is Victor, the Victor Moses preseason I'm man of the pretty sure award. we're going to win that. Ishan put it out as a poll. I'm but very who, sure that the boss is going to win. Who cares if they're player of the preseason? Are you saying who's going to be the breakout player in the preseason that has a future? Because like the season starts right after that. So effectively, is like who's just going to have the best preseason? I was trying to, I was trying to come up with something fun, and you guys just destroyed it. So well done. I mean, we made it accurate. Is what we did. I, I mean, the the boss, the boss had some absolute bangers in preseason. I, I mean, people forget the boss had a couple of moments in in those preseasons that you're like, is he gonna, is he gonna do it? And then I was just, like, no, he didn't. Just offer up your player. Just come on, let's go. <laughs> All right, Enzo. Uh, Enzo will be the player of the preseason. I think there is a strong chance that he takes on a leadership role. I'm not saying that he will be captain or vice captain or anything like that. He's still relatively young. But he is giving off leadership vibes, which is good. And, of course, playing for a manager who is desperate to utilize him in the best way possible, I think he will thrive. And so that is my player of the preseason. Marcus, but no, okay. Um... <laughs> Hey, if Bettinelli's our player of the preseason, we are fucked. Like, we are in real trouble. It's going to be tough look. Well, again, I have to think that if we're going to heavy rotate 45 minutes, you know, I think Enzo's probably a good shot because he's just going to be able to be involved a lot. It's going to be tough for attackers in 45 minutes to get out there and, and do some good stuff. But um, I only in preseason. I mean, I guess I'm hoping Mudrick comes back with, like, you know, ass on fire, ready to just get after it. You know, does Raheem Sterling step up? That's that's a tough one uh, for me. Um, Pick one. I just know it's don't, not Lukaku. Don't name the whole squad again. So, yeah, that's where pick, I... Pick one player. I mean, I don't... It's You don't get away with sitting on the fence for this one. I mean, I'm hoping Mudrick comes out and just torches everybody. Okay, uh, so Mudrick's your pick. That's very that's cool. My hope. He's made a selection, Dan. Congratulations, and we get to move on to you. So I think Enzo is a good shout, but I think to the points that Nick made, that there's going to be some heavy rotation throughout, I feel like Connor Gallagher is just a interesting shout for the winner of this. It's going to be Gallagher. That's just going to be Gallagher. I think he's going to get a ton of minutes. He's going to be well-conditioned to tackle preseason. And because of the conditioning, whether or not he is the best season— I think he is going to have the opportunity to have the best preseason of the squad. 
And then once Casado arrives, you wrote that, so it's really three players you put into your answer. So I just I'm thought only, I'd throw that out there. I'm only committing one on the uh, show. I gave myself notes to reference when I made my point. Awesome, awesome. Well, look, that's going to wrap this us up. really hostile. I don't we know said why. Some what, what happened at the end of this episode? We said some I mean, things. Dan wrote some it, things. So and uh, you're going to have to let us know what you think, ideally in person over the next week and a half as we follow Chelsea around the United States. We are super excited about Two that. Two weeks. Pre-season is upon us. The team have flown out by the time you're listening to this. Very exciting times for us American fans. For the rest of you around the world, we will be around taking a ton of video, a ton of photos. Follow us on all social media platforms. We're going to have pods coming out very regularly. Uh, it's going to be a fun, fun time. So anyways, like and subscribe. Check out the YouTube five-star reviews this is the time we need you more than ever as new chelsea fans are coming to the table so anyways that's gonna wrap until next time chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high